Letitia, and this is Series 3 of the New Leaf Podcast, created for new and working mums everywhere. New Leaf interviews working women from a variety of industries to share their journeys of what happened to them after having babies, exploring the often huge professional and personal identity shifts that happen when we create the next generation. Our jobs are a really big part of who we are, and we don't stop being who we always were just because we've had a baby. There is such big pressure to be the perfect mummy when actually she doesn't exist and return to the perfect career when actually that doesn't really exist either. We are all muddling through and figuring it out. By sharing these amazing women's stories, I want to prove to you that motherhood is truly a rebirth in ways we never expect. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at New Leaf Podcast if you want to continue the conversation with the hashtag MyMotherhoodMyChoice. Before we get going though, I've got something special and free lined up for you. Click the episode details to subscribe to New Leaf Nutshell, my exclusive fortnightly summary write-up of these episodes with judgment-free motherhood tips and tricks, general musings and interesting articles about all things women straight to your phone doing all the googling so you don't have to. Okay, let's go. Yebin Mark, ice skater and mummy of two, joins me on series three, episode five of the New Leaf podcast. I've wanted to interview a professional athlete who was a mum for a while, so Yebin, as an ex-Team USA figure skater and current professional skater on Dancing on Ice, as well as being mum to Theo and baby Lilia, was no exception. I'll be honest, I've always felt that sting of envy watching figure skaters. The sparkly costumes, the music, the romance, and the incredible physical ability of the athletes. Wow. So when I found Yebin and then realized that she was also a mom, the rest was history and I made it my mission to get her on. Luckily, I didn't have to try very hard as she's so personable, sweet, and lovely. We had one quick phone call where we couldn't stop talking and that was it. How do you go back to work when your entire professional career is doing crazy stunts on the ice when you've just had your second C-section and you need to get back into spangly lycra pronto? Hmm. Yebin's journey started in South Korea before she emigrated to Los Angeles at seven years old. It was there that she discovered ice skating, yet somehow she ends up in extremely rainy Manchester with her doctor slash figure skater love of her life and two babies. It is a great story and if you've ever been curious about this world then this is the episode for you. I don't want to give away too much of this episode because her story is just so interesting but something she says towards the end really stood out to me. Yebin says that the thing that she learned most from motherhood was how she had just stopped ever taking time by herself for granted and I can't help thinking how completely true this is. I miss, oh, so many things. Time to get ready that involves actually drying my hair. Time in the shower, time in the supermarket, walking with headphones, time in the gym, time just wandering around window shopping. Remember window shopping? Just unscheduled time by yourself where you're not going from nap to nap or snack to snack. It can just be completely life-giving. For me personally, even one afternoon off when I'm really in the thick of it can feel like a week in the land of being a mum. I'm sure some of you can relate. There have definitely been occasions where my husband and I have asked ourselves what we used to do all day. And I realised quite early on after my first baby that it was a big reason why I love working and I love my job. It is quite simply one of the only times that I have that is alone, unstructured and creative. And it is one of the only times where I can be just Letty rather than mummy. And just like Yebin, it's not that I don't want to be with my kids. It's just that I want time alone. And yes, I am aware that that doesn't make any sense. But then motherhood is kind of like that sometimes. That cliche of craving time by yourself, but then missing your kids. It's that absolute classic struggle that so many women face, particularly when heading back to work. Yebin's sheer discipline, yet with an incredibly positive outlook when it comes to her physical recovery, is really inspiring. At the time of recording, she was only three months postnatal and already smashing it back out on the ice. 
Although it seems sparkly, the training Yevon must have to go through to return to her usual fitness must be grueling, yet she clearly loves it. As she says in the episode, skating for her is like walking, and you can really hear her love for the job all the way through. I can only imagine that it must be quite nice to go back to glitz and glamour and just take a break away from yogurt in the hair and baby throw up that even Beyonce can't avoid. It's just mum life. If you're listening to this, you as a mum are obviously taking some time for yourself. Sometimes it can look a bit different to how it looked before. You might be cooking or pushing a pram, but every little helps and maybe try and book some time for yourself in soon that doesn't involve cooking or pushing a pram. Enjoy this episode. Introducing the sweet and gorgeous Yebin. It gives me great pleasure to introduce Yebin Mock. Hi Yebin, how are you doing? Hi Letty, I'm good, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine, oh my god, it takes so long to get all the audio right, so we've just been sitting on the call for 20 minutes trying to figure all of this out, but it's okay, we're there. Yes. Where are you in the world right now, and what can you see in front of you? Um, I'm in Manchester, and at the moment I'm in my master bedroom. It's the most carpeted, <laughs> pillowed, furnished part of our house, and it probably has the better location of our Wi-Fi. So that's why I'm in here. And right in front of me, I see my baby's crib. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say, is that a good thing for you to look at? So she has been in such a dream baby, dream sleeper, which is complete different experience for me because my son, who is five now, Theo was the worst sleeper. So I had quite a huge anxiety about having a second child. I didn't want a second child <laughs> for at least I think the first three years of Theo's life because it was so traumatic. But yeah, Lilia is complete opposite. Such a dream. She sleeps from like, sorry, ladies, eight to eight. <laughs> Just <gasps> unreal. Just um, don't, I don't know, talk to me. Right? <laughs> I know. It's, it's Yeah, it's crazy. She sleeps eight hours, wakes up for a feed, sleeps another four hours. It's just insane. It is. It's this is like blowing my mind right now. It's Who blowing my people? mind. <laughs> I feel slightly more sympathetic though because you went through the hell with your first so I feel yeah. like you know it's not unearned for you to finally be getting some yeah <laughs> totally it's, it's amazing so anyway we've answered this question but tell me about your immediate family unit who is in it yeah so my husband Tom and my son Theo who's five and Lilia who is three months old wow yeah. wow three months old and eight till eight please yeah yeah it's crazy she has been sleeping since two months pretty tr pretty good but I'm sure she'll get me when she's a teen or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, she'll, she'll just she'll... sneak up on you. Or maybe that four-month sleep progression. Or maybe I shouldn't say that. Yeah. I don't want to freak you out. Let's not talk about it. I'm pretty sure she will. <laughs> so, okay. For those who don't know Yebin or even who don't know Dancing on Ice, tell me about your life pre-baby and what did you do for a living? So pre-baby, I was former Team USA figure skater. So I was part of their international team. So I was uh, competing for America. And then after I retired, I went into professional skating and I went on holiday on ice tour. So basically all the professional ice touring shows. And then I started coaching in Los Angeles and then... I moved here to England because I married my husband, who's British, <laughs> and we decided to have our family here because the life-work balance here is much better. So now I am a coach at Sheffield Ice Rink and also am a Dancing on Ice pro skater. That's awesome. And I mean, my, my mind is already fizzing with a thousand questions given that you've just had a baby and I can't even imagine being this line of work and also combining motherhood. So you said that you were holiday on ice and you toured. I mean, what was that life like? So much fun. So I started touring in 2008 and traveled all over uh, Germany and France. And yeah, it was uh, for me, it was like first time experience being away from home. So it was a lot like college for me, I guess, university life, dorm life, but actually in hotels. But you know, a week in a different city every week. Yeah, it was quite an experience. 
And how long were you on tour for? So I was on tour about four years total. So going with like different productions. So you'll have a contract for nine months and then you'll try to look for a next gig and then it would be maybe another six month contract. And so it just kept going on and on. And I also skated on cruise ships, <laughs> which is wow. an experience itself uh, as a, being an employee of Royal Caribbean and skating for their entertainment shows and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. And having to find, I guess, contract to contract, did you find it quite easy? Or is it that sort of thing where you had to really maintain a public profile? Like, how does that work? I know nothing about this world. Yeah. So I'm just intrigued. I was quite lucky because I had a good uh, skating ranking like in say competition so they knew my skating so they wanted me to join their shows so I started up quite mm -hmm. high and then from there once you start building your reputation as who you are as a skater then other productions start getting to know you so they're like oh yes you can have this job you can have this job so it's a lot easier to find jobs if your ranking in the competitive world is known but if you didn't have all of that background you would do an audition video, and then you'll get picked for a role through that route. So I guess it seems like a natural progression from something like Team USA, because of course, if that's your whole professional career, you've got to carry it on somehow. That just makes perfect sense. But let's go even further back. How did you get into figure skating professionally in the first place? Because I was doing some casual stalking, of course, yeah. uh, which I do before all my guests come on. And I understand that you emigrated to the US at just seven years old. Yes. So did your figure skating start in the US or was it before in South Korea? Yeah. So yeah, I was born in Seoul, South Korea. And then I moved to Los Angeles when I was seven. I went on a birthday party <laughs> to go ice skate in America. And I think it was like one of my friend's 10th birthday or something like that. And I absolutely fell in love with it. I was just one of those kids that just took straight to gliding and I loved the speed and I was just going super fast, no fear, just crashing into the boards, but I thought it was just so much fun. So <laughs> that's just how I started. And then one of the coaches there was like, oh, you should take some skating lessons. So yeah, that's how it all began. Oh my goodness. So it wasn't any kind of parents saying, yeah, Ben, you've got to do this. Or no, nothing like that. All so, organic. Yeah, very organic. And my parents, um, neither of them were really sporty people. <laughs> they, were, wow, they were very okay. artistic people, but not sporty. <laughs> yeah. And of course, in a strange way, I mean, well, not in a strange way, in an obvious way, it's a very artistic mm. sport. So I guess... Maybe that's where some of that creativity is channeled? Definitely, definitely. And I think for me, for skating, for me, is more of an art form than sport. It's very difficult, so it is sport, but there's such a artistic side to it. I, I resonate that side of the sport a lot more than I do with the actual sport side of it. You said you met your husband over in the States, but he's British. So how yeah. did that happen? Yeah. So actually, Tom and I met on tour. So it was his last year of uh, Holiday on Ice. And it was my first year on Holiday on Ice. And we met then. But at the time, we were with different partners. And we just kept in touch. We were friends. And then he broke up. And I broke up with my exes. And then a few years <laughs> passed. And then he was visiting a friend on the tour that I was on and then we met up again and rest is history. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah. how long ago was that? So that was 2008 and then we started dating in 2012. So it's a good 10 years we're talking about. It's a long time ago now. Yeah. <laughs> really, does it, really does it feel like 10 years? Uh, no, it doesn't. But when I look at the pictures, I'm like, wow, we were young. <laughs> we look good. <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, it has been 10 years. <laughs> Do you know what? It's I, I completely echo the sentiment. Like I've just reached 10 years with my now husband and I'm like, yeah. we were so young and gorgeous. What happened? Like kids, kids, <laughs> kids, <Sorry>. kids. <laughs> no sleep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I feel like motherhood, especially like the aging process has just dramatically increased in the last two and a half years, oh aka God. since my first child was born. But there we go. Absolutely. It's so true. My sister, sorry, off topic. My sister is like four years older than me and she looks like she's a teenager. <laughs> because, uh, because no kids. No kids. <laughs> oh, this is 
what I mean. I yeah, anyway. Okay, so you met your husband. So he's a skater. But again, just to blow everyone's mind who's listening to this, he's not just a skater, is he? No, he's um, an orthopedic surgeon training to oh, be right. yeah, yes. tra- normal. <laughs> normal, very normal. He has very contrasting interests, I would say. <laughs> so after his last year of tour, he went to medical school. So in 2008, he was in school and he would try to come out to my tour and we'd spend a couple of days together and the long distance relationship. And we did that for about three years. And then we wow. decided to get married because <laughs> it was yeah. too hard. <laughs> I like how marriage was the solution as well. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Because my home was in Los Angeles and he lived here. So it was either marriage or moving on and so we definitely didn't want to separate so that was our next natural progression I think and I have to raise the just the sheer contrast between LA Mm. and Manchester because I've lived in Manchester yes Uh, I lived there for a year it is a very rainy place it rains (laughs) all the time yeah all the time it rains yeah and I did a Pacific Coast tour with my husband uh, the year before we had kids it was amazing we rented a Mustang and did the whole like thing yeah and I loved LA and I loved the weather it was just so incredible so how have you done this? Yeah, so Tom's always surprised how he got me to move over here. <laughs> and he's like, how I convinced you to be here, I have no idea. And for me, it was a no-brainer because I absolutely I love him and I wanted Aww. to have family with him. And I am very close with my family in Los Angeles. And that was pretty hard. But the family he has here is just another notch of love like I I love them so much and I knew that transition would be okay for me and his family's been so warm just took me in with as if I was their daughter and it's just been Mm. so wonderful it is a huge difference in cultures going from LA life and west coast especially to then like marrying a Brit the birth cultures actually and motherhood cultures are so different between the states Mm. and the UK would you agree absolutely I think if I were to have kids in America it would be insanely expensive (laughs) Uh, I just wouldn't I I wouldn't know where to begin like the cost of having a baby raising a baby childcare, all of that and I think here it is so much more supported so yeah it was a no-brainer to live here for sure so husband went to medical school you guys got married you wanted to get to an end to that sort of long distance period Mm. how did your job change when you got married yeah so at that point I was coaching full-time in Los Angeles waiting for my marriage visa work visa to come through and I worked really ridiculous hours in Los Angeles because my fiance was thousands of miles away so I could dedicate my time to my work and when I moved over here I was completely burnt out I was like oh I just need some time off so I wasn't rushing back to coach here and right after our wedding I was really lucky I got pregnant quite quick meanwhile my visa came through so I started to work six months after Theo was born we worried about having babies with the type of job that you had, the type of career that you had. I think I just couldn't get my head around what that would be like having a child and a job. It just felt like everything's going to be super easy. Oh, yeah, I'll have a kid. And I was like, oh, if I don't work, it's okay. I'll stay home. I'll be a stay-at-home mom. And I think I'd enjoy that. And I don't know. I think once we had Theo, it was very different. I pretty much blacked out. (laughs) Mm. You know, once we had him, I don't remember much of the first month, just because I think I was so exhausted. And if there was no pictures, I probably don't remember that time at all. (laughs) Yeah. And was that just because of the shock Mm. of becoming a mum? Or what was it about that that you feel made you black Um, so much of it out? Because... I was dying to have a kid. I was like, I'm so ready to be a mom. I always felt like I wanted to be a mom as well. And once Theo came, you just feel this huge shift has happened in your life. And there's nothing that can prepare you for it. And I was just super sleep deprived. And then which makes you feel crazy. Yes. And I was like, is this going to be my life forever? Which it feels like forever. (laughs) And then I was almost 
upset with my baby. Like, I, you feel really bad about that. Where's the bliss that people kept talking about? And I don't feel yeah. the bliss. It was just really hard and confusing. But of course, it changes. You get five hours of sleep and you're like, oh my God, I love him. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> you know um, but there was a real sense of grief a little bit of I'm not really yebin that I used to know anymore. I don't know. But now I'm, I, I can really happily say I am the same person, two beautiful children, and my life feels so abundant and so full. And I absolutely cannot imagine my life without them. It's, it's so weird. <laughs> Oh, it's just, uh, we talked about it, didn't we, in yeah. the pre-chat? We said, oh, can, uh, and you were like, can I say the word mindfuck? Yeah, on your <laughs> totally. <laughs> on your podcast, I was like, yes, yeah. yes, you can say that. It, but it is yeah. such a mindfuck. And maybe, I don't know if you echo this as well, but obviously we both just had second babies. I feel like having your second, you just know what you're doing mm. in a way that you didn't the first time around. And it's not so much of a massive shock mm. in the same way that the first one is. And I felt much more back to myself much more quickly yes. second time around. Yes, I definitely agree with you there. Yes, I think just having that little experience with your first and then with the second, I don't know how you are <laughs> with your second, but with Lilia, I'm just soaking up everything that she's doing, her face, her smiles, her cries, like every moment I, I'm able to absorb it rather than, is it, is this okay? Is everything okay? Am I doing this yeah. right? Like the, all that anxiety is gone in a way. <laughs> yeah. Anxiety is always still there, but it's like, <laughs> it's much better with Lilia. But it's interesting that word you used, afraid, because that is the first time around. It is very hard to treasure mm. anything when you're just living in this state of constant kind of fear but how was your birth with Theo how did that all go and how was your pregnancy pregnancy with Theo was wonderful like I felt amazing pregnant I loved the baby kicking my nausea wasn't so bad in the first three months I had some but it wasn't so bad and my water broke at 41 weeks and I didn't have contractions, so they induced me for about 24 hours to the max and nothing was happening. I was only three centimeter dilated. So mm. they were like, okay, let's have C-section. C-section's an option. And so my husband, being a medic, is like, yes, please do the C-section. <laughs> <laughs> I always, you know, dreamed of having this natural birth. So of course, I was quite disappointed, but healthy baby, healthy mom. So I was quite happy. But then with my second baby during pregnancy, I absolutely hated it. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, I hated my pregnancy so much. I was so <laughs> nauseous. And then I, because I was so much more fit going into the pregnancy, because I had just come off from Dancing on Ice and mm -hmm. I was in the best shape of my life since I was probably 18. And to see my body change was really difficult for me to take in. Yes. As much as yeah. I wanted this baby so much because we've been trying for a second one for two years. So I was so, so happy with the baby, but I just couldn't help not liking how I looked <laughs> I was mm -hmm. like oh my god my boobs my hips my everything it just every time I was like uh, 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 just like unfortunate negative feeling and then I got into hypnotherapy or hypnobirthing hypnobirthing yes thank you yes. <laughs> hypnobirthing <Yeah. laughs> um and I just started you know listening to a lot of hypnobirthing affirmation and just connecting with my baby all of that and it really helped me to rest and sleep and I had the best sleep in my third trimester which is ridiculous isn't it wow. <laughs> because that's really you know very uncomfortable stage but I rested much better than I did at second trimester. And mm -hmm. it's really, I think, due to hypnobirthing techniques. And I think going through that, I was like, wow, I was really anxious with Theo during pregnancy. Maybe, okay, I feel, I really feel like I'm going to get this natural birth. And I was listening to all of these 
natural birth stories, empowerment woman stories about having babies. I can do this. And it just didn't happen. It really didn't happen like I wanted to because at 40 weeks, I had reduced fetal movement and I went into uh, antenatal uh, visit the clinic that they checked yeah. the baby kicks and things. And there was nothing wrong with it first time. And then my kicks were getting better. And then another day it wasn't getting better. So I went back in and the doctor said, look, you came in here twice already. You sh we should probably induce you. Mm. There's just a risk of miscarriage or, you know, stillbirth. And I'm like, it might not be. Mm. Maybe the baby needs to cook a little bit more, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it, it is that risk. Like I obviously, if there was a control to that, then I would make sure she comes out safe. So we went through the induction process with her. And then it was a balloon catheter mm -hmm. um, they put in, which dilated me just enough to pop my waters. But before popping waters, it was about three day wait because the beds wow. were full. Yeah. And so I was oh in the hospital goodness. just waiting for a bed. <laughs> and I was really using this time to really bounce on the ball and come on, baby, you can do this. Come on, <laughs> come on, kickstart for me, baby. Just trying to communicate with her. Nope, nothing was happening. So because it was my uh, second induction with a cesarean previously, they said, we can mm -hmm. only go half dose and we'll only do it for six hours. We'll see how it progresses. If not, we'll do C-section. So, And what, do you know why that is? Because, because I had my uh, C-section, they said there's a uterus rupturing something right like that. it's because it because the induction makes you contract yes. right yeah. so they yes okay got yeah. You. yeah so eventually yep i ended up having a c-section <laughs> again mm -hmm. yeah well i have also had two c-sections uh, so <laughs> i'm with you on that yeah but, but it is crazy though, isn't it? Because I think I was also very much into natural birth as a concept, did all the hypnobirthing. I was like, I had a doula, I was super, super into it. And mm. I think pregnancy and birth is the first time where you really realize that like your baby's kind of its own person and yeah. they've got their own ideas and it is a separate genetic being mm. living body like and it's of course there's this amazing connection between you and I really believe in the connection of the mind and the body but it's just incredible how that separation starts to happen and how much it just blows your mind I mean I was super anxious in my second pregnancy and I was convinced it was going to affect the character of my second child and it just didn't at all yeah. he's so relaxed yeah and it's just like oh okay yeah. <laughs> well, not that connected after all it's yeah. really weird it is weird I totally get what you're saying yeah anyway so you had Lilia and obviously that's like quite recently, but you must have had a lot of your pregnancy during all the COVID ups and downs, right? So how did that affect your antenatal care? And it must have been so different from when you had Theo. Yeah. So I got pregnant at the start of Dancing on Ice funny backstory <laughs> of this is so Tom and I were trying to have our second baby since probably Theo was three, almost two and a half, something like that. It wasn't happening. And I was really worried. I was thinking maybe I'm overworking, tired, or maybe wanting it too much. I don't know. It just wasn't clicking. And then I had an injury during Dancing on Ice with my partner, which gashed open my leg and I couldn't be in the show, which then made me have to be home <laughs> at mm -hmm. that time. But if I didn't injure myself, my baby wouldn't be here probably. <laughs> I mean, because my ovulation cycles were irregular as well. So mm. if I didn't injure myself, then I probably wouldn't have had the baby because I wouldn't have been home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's something that's not talked about that much, which is secondary infertility, I yeah. think is what they call. So you get pregnant relatively easy first time around and then you get into number two and you think, great, yeah. like, this will be easy. And then you're like, okay, no, why, yeah. why isn't this happening? And how did you find that? I was, well, curious. Like I was like, oh, it happened first time so easily. and oh, I'm sure the second one will be easy as well. So we held it off a bit and then it took longer than we expected. And mm. to a point where I was like going to make an appointment with the doctor and see what we could do. And um, I don't know, it's just hard to tell why sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so you said that you were planning on seeing the doctor. Were you fully in the motions of doing that? And then suddenly you were just pregnant naturally or what happened? Yeah, we were. I was just thinking, oh, it hasn't happened in a while. After my DOI contract, if I'm, we're not pregnant, let's make an appointment. And then mm. during that time, it 
happened. <laughs> and Tom, being a medic, is always like, you know, it takes usually couples about two years to get pregnant and stuff. So let's just wait. Like he's a, a lot, he's more of a waiter. He's just, just give it, just give it some time. It will be fine. And it must have been a strange experience then being pregnant and then doing Dancing on Ice. So what happened there? Yeah. So when I got pregnant, DOI asked me to do a number for the show. And this was me coming back from my injury, but also six weeks pregnant, I think. And that was quite exciting. But at the same time, physically, I'm like, oh, my God, am I changing? Oh, my God, my boobs are getting bigger, all of that. And I felt really nauseous. So but I didn't want to tell anyone because it was so early on. So yeah, so so the only people that really knew was my immediate family and my skating partner at the time who was terrified (laughs) he's like oh my god you're pregnant I don't want to injure you or touch you anywhere that's like gonna hurt the baby and but what's funny is Lily has already had her national debut of ice skating on tv (laughs) saying amazing yeah yeah it's like incredible it's incredible so did you wait normal 12 weeks before you told the show and how did you feel about telling them yeah so I told them on the very last show we got in a circle together like all the skaters and I was like I'm pregnant and there was like a big celebration and yeah it was really lovely it was really nice to finally tell everyone (laughs) And, and how far along were you at that point I must have been 12 weeks I think and that's the time where you do start to get a little, yeah. well, at least if you're me, I I, start, I showed really early with my second. Yeah, really me early. too. I was in LA, I was visiting my mom. I was like, wow, you look really big. <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah, only thanks. like four months. Wow. Is this normal? I was like, mommy, <laughs> just make me feel so bad about myself. Yeah. <laughs> that's always the way, isn't it? And I think people forget that... Just because you're pregnant, it doesn't mean it doesn't exactly. hurt. It's like, okay, yeah. thank you for telling me that essentially yeah. I look fat. Thank yeah, <laughs> totally. Oh, God. So, and did you feel that there was any judgment around still skating when you were pregnant? And obviously, if you haven't checked out Yevin's Instagram, please check it out. It's awesome. But I'm always just amazed at you look so graceful, like going around on the ice, like with your baby bump. But I just thought, yeah, I bet everybody has something to say about mm. pregnancy and exercise, right? Yes. And I thought something like skating, where of course, like if you don't know what you're doing, yes. it can be something that's dangerous, but obviously you are yeah. a consummate professional. Yeah. Do you get comments from people? Yeah, or? I think when I posted on some stuff, there are very contrasting comments sometimes. Oh, mama, you're amazing. Or, oh my God, just be careful. Watch yes. yourself, all that stuff. And I would never do anything to put myself in danger. And because I've been skating for over 25 years, almost 30 years. (laughs) It's like walking to me. It's like telling someone not to walk when they're pregnant. (laughs) You know what I mean? So yeah. And I think this time around, I was a lot more aware of my body because I was so much more physically fit that I Mm -hmm. could feel my body changing. I could feel where I felt loose in the ligaments and all of that. So, of course, I wouldn't do anything that's really difficult <laughs> skating-wise. Um, so, yeah. And it's it's always difficult when you're a public figure because, obviously, the pool of people that know who you are is mm. obviously going to be bigger. So you're always going to get that, like, tiny minority who's going to have a, maybe an unpopular opinion yes, yeah. <laughs> or something that maybe you don't want to know. But when did that kind of public persona really take off for you was that with dancing on ice yeah I think with figure skating world I feel like I've been always known just because I did the competitive route and I did quite well in my little world and with figure skating I had all the principal roles and things so uh, a lot of the productions got to know me and then I just started developing a little bit more of my coaching online things during lockdown so Mm. That branched out a little bit bigger to Skate Canada in America and teaching in Australia via Zoom. And then, especially with Dancing on Ice, being on that show has really helped as well. Just to have people that don't skate really hardcore to get to know me as a skater and as a person. So that first lockdown must have been 
quite scary for you because your whole livelihood is Mm. in the arts and obviously the arts just ground to a massive halt so was it just you suddenly being at home with Theo all the time? So lockdown happened and that was 2020 and I was working quite hard hours I was leaving my house at 4 30 in the morning to teach my students at 6 a.m and then I would teach till 5 p.m so it was really hard 14 hour day like round trip So when lockdown happened, it was a little bit of a break from my running wheels (laughs) to go, okay, breathe. So I feel bad because I know a lot of people probably had a hard time. But for me, it was quite necessary break in my life Mm -hmm. and reassess and all of that. And so when I had the time, I was like, okay, I know all these kids are missing skating, missing school. What can I do for the community to keep some sort of routine for them? So I started giving out everyday free lockdown classes, like, like workout classes for skaters. And that really kept me going. So I had about 75 to like 100 kids in Zoom class, like every morning at 830 for about five months straight and that really did me wonders mentally and physically just to have them and just that space together was just amazing and have that routine and, yeah. and everything was so uncertain that must have been yeah so good yeah and was Theo being homeschooled at this time um Luckily, because Tom was the key worker, he was still able to go to his nursery. But I do remember him crashing my Zoom classes. <laughs> but it's just, I feel like with COVID and everything, people are just so much more tolerant of it now mm. than they ever were. Like routinely, I'm needing to do something and I just pass the baby to my husband who's on a call with LA or something. And then yes. he's just, my son's just staring, totally. blowing raspberries into the Zoom camera. Yeah. Just doesn't care. <laughs> no one cares. Whereas yeah. I feel two years ago, people would be like, what are you doing? Yeah, absolutely. You're totally yeah. right. So are you back to work now? What does that journey look like for you? Still figuring it out. <laughs> so it's three months after Lilia. So Actually, I am doing little part-time things at the moment. So I just recently did a recording with Dancing on Ice, just trying to get back into training again. And then I will be teaching again soon with my students, actually this Saturday, (laughs) Um, going back to Sheffield and starting to go back to teaching. I'm just going to look at my husband's rota (laughs) and see when (laughs) he has day off. And then so I can pick my days when I can work. So it it is tricky because his rota isn't very consistent. It is always a constant juggle. And uh, it's really hard for me to make peace with this part-timeness of a work because I always dove in full-time. I always was hardcore sort of type of person. So, of course, as a mom, you can't give (laughs) full-time to your work. And there's always a sense of guilt to my students. Oh, I feel really bad. Like I, I know what it takes to be an elite athlete and I feel bad about not being able to give all of that time. And mm. it's something I constantly struggle with and trying to find the peace and balance with that. Yeah, I'm still working on it. It's really hard, isn't it? And it is a constant juggle. And your husband's back in the NHS full time now, is that yeah. right? Yeah. So for anyone listening who doesn't know Yevin, her husband used to do quite a few TV appearances. Yes, yeah. (laughs) As a TV doctor, does he still do those? Yes, yeah. He's been on this morning doing little doctor segments and stuff and loves doing it. It's just also, it needs to fit in with his full-time rota being an NHS doctor. So he'll just take on those gigs when he has a day off or things like that. So it is tricky. (laughs) And what kind of dad is he? Is he very hands-on or... Yeah. Yeah, he's totally involved. When I used to work early in the morning, he used to do the morning routine with Theo and take him to nursery. And then sometimes I wouldn't be able to pick him up. So he'll do all the picking up. And then yeah, it's very 50-50, I would say, like trying to, I don't know, I don't like that term, actually, 50-50. It's just really trying to pick up whenever I can or whenever he can. Give and take. Yeah, totally give and take because there are times where I can't give that much and then he will and then same, (laughs) vice versa. Yeah. In terms of your career, because obviously if if you were a doctor and you'd had a baby, there's a bit of a playbook for that because being a doctor is a normal job Mm. you might have maternity leave it might be paid or wherever you are in the world obviously it's different Mm. but with something like 
figure skating firstly it's a sport so it tends to be a younger person's game and also hugely image conscious so are there assumptions in your field about what people do or don't do with babies are there role models in your life to yeah model how you do things on Mm. Yeah, I guess with especially shows and professional skating, it's a body conscious, body image work line. (laughs) So after baby, of course, it is in our discretion to come back whenever we're ready to come back. No production will force you to be back sooner than you're ready. But I think for myself, I think I just want to be feeling like how I was feeling before I had the baby as soon as possible. (laughs) And I think it's always a constant battle because I think I also forget that it took nine months to grow this baby. It's probably going to take nine months to feel normal again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. At Um, least, right? At least. And I know with Theo, it took me two and a half years to feel normal again. And Mm. as much as I'm pushing it now to feel okay, like I can feel my ligaments like really loose and all of that. And I think also another mind fuck of, oh God, I want this. I want myself back again. I'm not trying to rush it, but. At the same time, I want it back now. I am trying to rush it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I'm literally, I'm nodding nonstop as you're talking. That is exactly how I feel. Yeah, I I shouldn't rush it. I'm not trying to rush it. But at the same time, I'm like, I want to rush it. I want it now, like yesterday. Totally. But you just have to be patient. Yeah. It's really hard though. And then I would say ladies who's had their kids and their kids are teenagers, they're like, oh my God, don't rush it. This time will never come back. Take your time, enjoy this moment, all of that. And I'm trying to take that in, try to soak that in as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I, and again, I don't know about you, but I feel like second time around, the baby stage has gone so quickly. So first time I felt like it would never end. Mm. I felt like those nights and everything, it was just like, am I the only person in the world awake? Yes. This is never going to end. And then with the second, I just, I can't believe I've just blinked and now I'm weaning and it's just, yeah. it's, ah. it's crazy. It's just gone so, so fast. Are you finding the same with Lilia? Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. Like it's been so fast. I can't believe it's three months. She's growing so quick. She's so big. And yeah. at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, these days are going and I want yeah. another one. <laughs> What? Oh my god! <laughs> I know. Oh my. Okay. Hang on. I'm not there. Yet. Yeah. She's like a wonder baby. I don't think your third one will be a wonder baby. So we'll just don't leave ruin it. the streak. Yeah. Don't yeah. ruin the streak. <laughs> exactly. And this is the thing because I have to say it has occasionally flickered into my brain where mm. I've been like, oh, I just love the newborn stage so much. Like maybe it would be really nice yes. to have another one. I was like, that is not. A reason, Letty, to have a baby. Just so that you can experience (laughs) having a baby for two months and they're not a two-month-old anymore. That just doesn't make sense. Oh, God. Okay, well, hats off to you. If you go for three, I have mega respect for anybody who has more than two kids. I'm like, how are you doing this? Can't man-mark them anymore. It just totally freaks me out, the idea of more than two. But yeah, hats off. And how does your husband feel about that? Is he into it or not really? No, he's like, oh, my God. If we have three, we're going to have to get in a new car. It means a bigger house. He's just like, we won't go on holidays. How are we going to carry all of their luggage and my luggage and your luggage? Yeah. Yeah. Logistics. So you said we were talking about whether there were kind of role models or assumptions within your field. I know that, of course, there are female figure skaters that have come before you. But is there anyone in particular that you idolized in that motherhood space of managing to come back and do figure skating after motherhood? Or do you feel like you're blazing that trail by yourself? No, there's definitely a lot of women in figure skating, professional world and amateur world where they've had babies and progressed to have an amazing career. And unfortunately, I don't know them super close enough to ask them how they did it and stuff. But Mm. like Sarah Karhara was one of the most leading choreographers and professional skater. And she has three kids. (laughs) And after that, she like, made her own show and after that she won an emmy and just kind of amazing stuff and so for me i'm like how did you do it with three kids and she told me she's you just somehow it just you just make it work like with anything i think it's 
somehow it works. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Because I think you can make plans to go back to work and you can have an idea of what that looks like in your head. And even if you did that to death and it looked perfect after your first your plan has to be flexible. It yeah. has to be flexible because some things you just don't know until you get there. there like yeah. you, just, you just don't know. Like I remember thinking, oh, and then I'll breastfeed for six months, obviously. And then I'll do this, obviously. And then obviously when it, and then when it comes down to it, people's birth stories are all different or your feeding journey is different. And you can't make plans really in motherhood in the same way that you could when you're just a woman by yourself yeah. and I know that sounds really obvious but I think before people have babies you assume that you can plan it all out yeah in that really projecty way and you can't yeah and I think that that's why maybe the second one is also easier for me this time is because I have completely bowed down to whatever she wants and needs, I'll just do it. Whereas the first yeah. one, you're reading all these books about how it should be <laughs> or the um, advice from someone and yeah. you're just yeah. really going with whatever the map says. Whereas with the second one, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be however she is. It's fine. And it's that flexibility. I think that makes it easier in a way <laughs> yeah definitely and I always say this on my social media which is just that I was particularly with my first I felt so much anxiety around doing everything right mm. or perfectly and I was such a slave to all the books and then second time around you do realize that actually there's no right way to do anything and yes. that people who had the perfect kids who sat through the night from six weeks may not have that with their <laughs> yeah. second yeah. or may not have that with their third or whatever and yeah. with you obviously it was the complete opposite yeah. you had real difficulties with Theo and then with Lilia it just it seemed so much better and yeah. it's just there's no right way to do things and I think that knowledge mm. sometimes only comes with the second one or yeah. at least it has for me yeah it has for me. no definitely yeah. so you're thinking about coming back to work now and three months still not very long after your second and having a c-section as well so how do you feel physically with like your stomach and everything like that are you feeling fit or yeah, yeah. how is um, it compared to your first yeah so First one, it, I don't really quite remember. I think maybe about six weeks, I felt okay. I feel okay to move and things. And with this one, I think I moved a little bit too quick, just, just for the feeding aspect of it. So sitting up and picking her up, sitting up, picking her up for every feed, it made my stitches feel funny and painful. Yeah. So after that, Tom's like, no, you wake me up when you need to pick up. Lilia, you wake me up. I'll pick her up. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. So I, we did that for a week until my stitches felt a little bit more secure. And then it took a maybe like four, six weeks. And then I felt okay and decent and started to slowly start doing exercises, working out, gently walking, fast-paced walking, all of that very gentle stuff. And then about two months in, I think I started to do a little bit more ballet and doing the exercises that I know. And then once DOI called, it was about 10 weeks and I started doing the pro numbers. And I have to say like my body felt <laughs> like it got hit by a truck after <laughs> <laughs> because my body, as much as I was doing the exercises, the figure skating sort of momentum, the velocity of movements, they feel yeah. really hard, like it's quite hard and nothing can mimic that unless you're doing it. So mm. afterwards, I was completely exhausted. <laughs> yeah. And the muscle memory must still be there, but yes. the physical tone yes, is not. Exactly. You know? And obviously, yeah. as you said, like your ligaments, all the relaxing, like coursing through your system, like yes. it must be such a different ballgame and also must put you at bigger risk of injury. I, I expect you have to be quite careful right yeah. like post babies yeah. more than pre in a way yeah um so definitely afterwards I like pulled a little muscle here and then <laughs> we have a great physio on Dancing on Ice who has been just a lifesaver so she's been giving me like lots of post baby rehab exercises mm -hmm. so that's been really great I'm just in awe of you because I just think it's so incredible to go back to something so physical so soon after mm. or to me it feels so soon after having babies but I guess if it's your livelihood you just got to do it no no choice yeah. but it's, it sounds like it's not just your livelihood it's your real passion so yeah 
And I can I, understand it must be nice. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's easier in some ways for me because, for example, if there was a person that's not super active, to be active is quite hard. But then if you've been active all your life, what you're missing yes. in yeah. your life, I can definitely feel it because I'm so in tune with my body just because of the profession I'm in. Like I can feel when the endorphins hit and I really feel good about it or my mm -hmm. muscles had a really good exercise and I can feel my muscles, you know? So I think mm -hmm. in, in those ways, I feel very sensitive towards, mm -hmm. you know, physically being fit and stuff and how it hits my body. And I think if you're not always used to that, it might be harder. Yes, yeah. definitely. So we're kind of reaching the end, but I just wanted to ask you a couple more questions before we go, if that's okay. Yeah, of course, yeah. So... I guess just looking into the future, so you've obviously got two really young kids now, but in 10 years, where are you wanting to be in terms of your professional life, but also you as a mom as well? Hmm. I think professionally, I would love to create like a very elite skating academy in England because there's not like a real elite skating in Great Britain. So I would love to hopefully have a British champion on the world podium. That would be really cool as a profession. I think these are very like categorized goals for myself. Yeah, that's okay. um, as a professional ice skater, I hope I can like collaborate with a lot of different types of artists so musician or arts or somehow to collaborate and bring skating forth into a bigger population so that they can enjoy the art side of skating and as a mom I hope that the kids feel like I am there for them and they don't feel like where's my mom yeah. <laughs> Whilst I'm having all of these ambitions mm. for myself. <laughs> oh, and it's that balance, isn't it? It's yeah. Hard. And then finally, I'll just leave with one more question. How do you feel motherhood has shaped your career and who you are? Mm. Well, definitely, I don't take things for granted as much anymore, I don't think. Mm. Like every moment I have to myself is very precious because <laughs> yeah, the moment totally otherwise well. is with my children. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest shift. The time I have to myself is very precious. <laughs> mm. And it, I have to say, you're the first guest that's ever said that, oh. actually. And yeah. that surprises me because that's very true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is that you took for granted that time by yourself. Yeah. You know, before you have kids. And then when you have kids, when you're just going to the supermarket by yourself, you're like, oh my God, I'm free. Yeah, totally. Time for yourself to just have a shower or go to the bathroom yes. by yourself. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of shaping your career, do you feel like it's changed the trajectory of where it's going? Yeah, I mean, definitely trajectory of career. There's definitely a pause. I can't go at the pace I was at in my 20s when I didn't have family. But I, from what I hear, <laughs> word <laughs> on the street is that the work will always be there. You know what I mean? So yes. I'm not too worried. I have to have trust in myself and the knowledge I have in my career that I know, I hope, <laughs> I'll be able to pick back up once my kids are all grown up and that will be there for me. I really like that. And I think that's a really nice note to end on, which is that work will always be there. Yeah. Well, look, Gavin, it's been such a pleasure and I know how busy you are. So Aww. I'm just so grateful for you spending some time with me. And yeah, I, I'm just really grateful. Oh, no problem. And thank you so much for having me. And I think we'll see a lot more of Yevon pretty soon. Aww, thank you. Thank you so <laughs> thank much. You. Well, you made it to the end. Enjoyed it? Let me know on Instagram or Twitter, or better yet, drop me a rating on iTunes. Have a lovely day. And if you are a parent, have an even better night. Bye, everybody. Bye.